Well, good morning. It's just wonderful to have you with us. And it was wonderful to be able to worship like that. Thank you to Daniel and Nolene for leading us in, in praise and for, for our prayers. I called him Daniel. Mark, I do it all the time. <laughs> Thanks, Mark, for leading us in prayer and in worship. But wonderful to be able to come together wherever you are. We've been looking at a, a series, but before we get into that, I had a couple of things I did want to mention. Firstly, a big thank you to the team who delivered parcels on Friday. Uh, this uh, Friday, the well packed hampers and sent out over 35 parcels that went out to care for people, including many of our seniors. So thank you to the team who put that together. Thank you also to our voluntary drivers uh, who came, nearly 10 people came and helped with that. So thank you very much for that. Much uh, appreciated and, and we pray that people were blessed uh, by those. Also, you may have picked up in, in Mark's prayer that we're thinking of the Gleasons, especially in this time as, as David passed away on Tuesday um, of this week. He passed away in the presence of his family. And so our prayers and our thoughts are with you, Nera Lee and Andrew and Stephen. I know that our, our thoughts are with you. Uh, the memorial is being held uh, tomorrow on Monday uh, via a Zoom link. So we will actually email that out to, to all of our members or just contact the officer myself and I'll be happy to pass that on. I believe that's at two o'clock. So just be thinking and praying for them as well, even if you're not able to be a part of that. It's one of our privileges as a community is to come around each other, to support each other, to care for one another, and, and we can do that in prayer. And we've been looking at prayer. Uh, a series we've been looking at is called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. We've been unpacking uh, the Lord's Prayer. And we find the words in, in Matthew from chapter 6, verse 9. Pray like this, encourage Jesus. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. We've been using these words that Jesus taught to take an honest look at prayer. And we've been... I guess being very real with the fact that prayer can be a real struggle. The very reason that the disciples came to Jesus asking, Lord, teach us to pray, the very reason that Jesus taught this prayer. So we know, we can know that we're in good company, that we grow, that we're being formed in this way in our Christian life. Now it's interesting in our, in our culture today, there seems to be a, a fear, a fear of missing out. It's, it's known as FOMO. Our world has so much to offer, so many options for entertainment and for travel and life in general, especially not during COVID. (laughs) I guess COVID has seriously hampered this and I guess part of the struggle is that we are so used to having the world at our fingertips. We're so used to being able to go out and enjoy life. We're so used to the opportunities that that our, our society and our culture offers us. And because of this so often, prayer takes a back seat because there is so much more that we need to do. There are so many offers on the table, so many other opportunities, and so we find ourselves struggling in prayer simply because of the time we give to everything else. It's been also discovered that FOMO has also been one of the main contributing factors to why our world is more riddled with anxiety 
and stress more than ever before because of the options that are there. As followers of Christ, however, maybe our greatest gifts to the world and even to ourselves is to become a non-anxious presence, to be a presence of calm in the midst of our world. For prayer is a gift, a precious gift of God in the midst of our lives to bring us peace, to bring us calm and to sustain us. It is more than a wish list, wish list, but it is time out with God himself. And none more so than the form of prayer we're going to focus on today, which is contemplative prayer. Now we have looked at prayers of intercession in the past, which is a prayer offered on behalf of others. And next week we will be looking at prayers of petition, that is prayers offered for our own needs that we're encouraged to bring. But today especially we are going to focus on prayers of contemplation. Now this form of prayer may may conjure up different images in your mind, I'm not sure what. But I know for me it brings up images of, of spiritual giants, of mystics and spiritual heroes of old. But this form of prayer is for us all. A precious privilege for every believer in Jesus Christ. So what is contemplative prayer? First we can say this, that contemplative prayer is communion with God. As a working definition, this type of prayer is enjoyment of God's loving presence. It's the opportunity to commune with him. When we look at the verses and this prayer that Jesus taught, these words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, encourages us to pursue, to pursue God's will in our lives and in our world, for, to see his kingdom come and to break in the world around us. It so often focuses on the aspect of God's reign and God's rule, the idea of God's breaking into our very world. We often think of God's reign, we often think of God's power. In practical terms, when we pray these words, we think of the miraculous, we think of revival, we hope for supernatural events. But one thing we often don't reflect on is the relational aspect to this phrase, on earth as in heaven, where the focus is not so much on the nature of his reign, but on the nurture of his relationship where the focus is not so much on his power, but on his very real presence. To do this, if we're going to understand these words on earth as in, hev- as in heaven, well, what is the picture of heaven that we see in Scripture? And we see glimpses of heaven. We see visions that have been written for us, especially in the book of Revelation. And when you look at Revelation 4, and it might be a passage, a wonderful passage to read later today in its, in its fullness. But in Revelation 4, we come to this vision of God in his, heaven, uh, in his heaven, a vision of God on his throne, and he's surrounded by all of these different beings. As you read, you'll see that he's surrounded by four living beings or creatures sort of amazing in their reading, these beasts who day after day, night after night, worship God. We read of four living, uh, oh, sorry, of 24 elders 
who are there giving their praises to God in their turn. We see a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and from every tongue. And they come clothed in white robes, waving palm branches in their hands, shouting and praising God. We see angels who were standing and who fall before the throne and worship God, singing. It's an image of heaven, the place that God resides, where his dominion, his authority and his complete presence rule. It's an image of God's majesty and of his power. But it's interesting in that place that the response to those who were there is complete worship and adoration. We've looked at adoration in the past, the call to come and to, to cry out to our, to our heavenly Father. Holy, holy be your name. And in this same place, those who are there are crying out in adoration. But more so, they are immersed and surrounded completely by God. In this image, we find God's overwhelming presence filling this place. He is their reality and nothing else matters. We also see in Revelation chapter 21, I have this one for you, a beautiful image also of the new heavens, of the new heavens that will come when we go to be with the Lord, when this season is done and we find ourselves as followers of Christ going to be with him. And in verse 21 from verse 1, it's a beautiful passage, I want to read it. Because it's so beautiful, I take the time to every time I can. So it's a vision of a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Do you notice where the focus is in the midst of this beautiful image? That God is present with his people. That God will live with them, will be among them and we will be with him. It's the very focal point, his presence is the key focal point of this new heavenly place. So here's this reality, that as we cry out on earth as in heaven, we are crying out and have this amazing privilege to come to God and to be in his presence. Yes, to see his reign and his rule to come here on earth, but to be with him is a part of the great privilege. You see, contemplative prayer is to come to God, to hunger and to seek for God and for God alone. And if we're honest, often we come to prayer with a wish list or as an act of getting God's attention to receive a miracle, let's say, to see some type of spiritual breakthrough in our lives. We come for a purpose. We come for the benefits, as it could be said, This form of prayer, this invitation allows us to come into God's presence 
allowing our own desires, our own thoughts to melt away and to be completely immersed in his presence. To come simply for the sake of being with him, to enjoy him, to desire to be with him and to know him more. This form of prayer often includes meditating on God's word, but on some key phrases. I remember in my Bible college years, we were looking at this form of prayer and we went away for a day. And we went to this place with beautiful gardens and, and we were given the whole day and the task was simply this, to go and to be with God. And we were given one simple verse, which is found in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Just those few words. We were called to go out and to sit with him and to simply meditate and to focus on these words and to enjoy God's presence. Now, being a young man at the time, 22 maybe, this idea of contemplative prayer was brand new. Sitting alone, in mostly silence, meditating, I can remember the first hour going very, very, very slowly. It was hard because we're so used to rushing around and doing so much, but with time came this calm and I can remember experiencing God's presence in a new way, like never before. It was just an opportunity to come to him and to focus on him and on who he is. These times often include worship, maybe not with a band or with a congregation, but in our own, in our own hearts. It might be a song that we listen to, to, to focus our minds on him, It often means sitting in silence and just waiting for God. It is far less an intellectual exercise than a connection of our spirit with his. Teresa of Avila, the 16th century Spanish nun, who, who wrote the book The Interior Castle, and it's a book that's known as a classic on contemplative prayer. And she writes... And describes this type of prayer as the prayer of quiet, an intimate sharing between friends. David Avila said these words, he calls it a wordless, trusting openness to the God who dwells at the centre of our being and at the centre of our world. And so this prayer is consumed with God's love. It's mostly quiet, it's mostly silent and meditative in form as we sit and we just enjoy his presence without doing or saying much at all. It's often far more experiential than logical. It's an intimate time with God. Pete Grieg, who uh, wrote the prayer course, which we've been doing as as a small group, that online small group writes that Contemplation is stargazing rather than astronomy. Listening to jazz rather than hearing a talk. You get the picture. This form of prayer is a time to come and to be with God himself. And we see examples of this all throughout the Bible. We see this in the, in the Psalms. King David wrote a number of Psalms and we see it time and time again. In Psalm 19, verse 14, we, say, we hear 
him write these words. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And in Psalm 62.1 he says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. And probably the most famous in regards to this theme, be still and know that I am God, is the invitation from God himself. And we see this also in the New Testament. As we look at the lives of the apostles, the apostle Peter, as he prayed and as he sat before God, his prayer time led into a vision of, a non, of non-kosher food coming down from the heavens. And this, this vision would redefine the entire mission of the church The Apostle Paul describes being caught up to paradise where he heard inexpressible things. He he has this vision of God in this place. We read the Apostle John was in the spirit when he heard a voice say, write on a scroll what you see, and thus the book of Revelation was born. All of these are forms of contemplative prayers. They've come before God just to be with him. And as I say those, I can understand that you might say, well, is this for us today? Because yes, these, these forms, these, these very extreme forms of this type of prayer are not common, but they are also not rare. They're all legitimate expressions of this form of prayer. And again and again, as we read the Bible, we see that his people have encounters with God that are far bigger and far more mysterious than the traditional expressions of just petition and intercession, of bringing our concerns and praying for others. T.S. Eliot wrote these beautiful words, Prayer is more than an order of words, or the conscious occupation of the praying mind, or the sound of the voice praying. Prayer is more than these things, far more. And so as followers of Jesus, we have every reason to expect and to desire encounters with God in prayer that lie far beyond the realms of language and logic. Now you may have actually experienced this without knowing. It's a time when worship becomes more than the song. You may have experienced when you've been worshipping, often with people, And as the song, it's written there, you come and you look at the words and you move beyond the words and they become yours. And more than being yours, they almost become your own words of worship. And there can be a point in that place where you're completely immersed by God, where the the people around you seem to fade away. And as your full attention simply connects with him. You might find this when you're reading God's word. Where reading God's word becomes more than an intellectual exercise and that's often the case, we often read and we're learning, but there are times where the very living word of God becomes real for us and it's as if God through his spirit is speaking into our very soul, into, into our very situation. And we sit and we marvel at our God who works in our lives in this way can often happen when we respond to God's amazing creation, when we find ourselves mesmerised by a leaf or or a flower. I remember one time sitting there and being mesmerised by ants. 
was sitting there waiting for someone on a step and looked down and there was an ant's nest and just watching the order and and it just brought this awe of who God is. We have these times where we marvel at the greatness of God for no other purpose than to give him praise and to give him worship. These are forms of contemplative prayer as we focus on him and him alone. And you might wonder, okay, I understand this form of prayer, I see it, but all the quotes you've given come from great, great people of the faith. Surely this type of prayer is just for those. But again, I'd like to encourage you that this is for every believer. And why? Why is it so important? I'd like to read this quote from Pete Grieg again because it's a beautiful way of expressing why this is so important in our life as Christians. He writes, Your soul is crying out for a deeper encounter with Christ and if your faith is to thrive for years to come, if it is to survive the coming seasons of darkness and pain, if you are to know and be known by Jesus in a richer, more fulfilling way, if you are to continue to engage with him when words no longer have meaning, if you are to become the loving person he wants you to be and to see the world the way he sees it, then you must make space in your busy life for regular meditation, for contemplation and communion with God. Are they wonderful, powerful words? Our soul is crying out for a deeper encounter with Christ. And if we are going to know a a Christian life, that will be full, that will continue to grow. We need to take time out to come and be with God simply to seek him for who he is. Now as we find ourselves doing this, we also find that this form of prayer transforms us. Pete, sees that, Pete in that quote says, if you want to become the loving person that God wants you to be, and if you want to see the world the way he does, then we need this form of prayer in our life. And this is, this is the, the beautiful consequences of this form of prayer in our own Christian life. You see, as we come and we take this time to be with God, it actually transforms us. And firstly, we see this. It transforms our being. You see, the things we focus on, the things we give our attention to, will shape us and transform us. It's a, it's a, it's a known fact, and even numerous scientific surveys have shown that if you surround yourself with people who are kind and speak positively, you will become more and more encouraging and optimistic in your own life. There's a simple truth. The things we fill our lives with are the things that shape us. And so if we spend all our time filling our mind with what's on, on TV, well, that's going to form us, depending on what we watch. If we focus our, our mind and our attention on pornography, for instance, all it does is feed that, that lust within us and increase that desire within us. But when we spend time with God and when we meditate on his word, when we listen to his voice, we become shaped to become more like him. And we begin to reflect him in our lives. There's a couple of wonderful examples of this. As we see Moses in Exodus, who is 
coming down from Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets, the, the Ten Commandments that we know them, as we know them, as he comes down from that place, and in that place where he spent time with God, as he spent time in God's presence, we see this, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. And I love the part there, it says he wasn't even aware Simply by being with God, by being in his presence, he himself was radiating the presence of God. He was changed because of the time that he spent with him. In the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we read, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Again, there's this ideal that all of us who come and contemplate on the Lord and on his glory will be transformed. It's by being with him, by by spending time with him that we find ourselves shaped to become more like Christ. And it's often so contrary to the way we do things, isn't it, in our culture? As disciples, we want to become more like Christ. That's a desire and we often do that by striving harder, by working more, by doing more, signing up to do more things. We get busy to become more like Christ. Yet, the truth is actually the opposite. That we find we become more like him as we spend time with him. As we sit at his feet. So we learn about who he is, so we find that we also become transformed to become more like him. We also find this. We find that contemplated prayer transforms our seeing. A play on words, I know. Contemplation changes us. It transforms us to be more like him and it transforms the way that we begin to see the world around us. As we are transformed to become more like him, we cannot help but see the world as he does. And we also cannot help but see him in the world around us where he is at work. The things that move his heart move ours. And all of this occurs naturally as we simply come and spend time with him. And it completely and radically changes the very nature of prayer. Because we often see prayer as that time in the morning or that time at the night, that time in the middle of the day. Let's stop and pray. However, as we spend time with God, we start to see him in everything. These these moments we often put aside to be religious or sacred become a part of our everyday lives. As we spend time with people, we start to see their need for him. As we see the broken, we start to see Jesus in them. As we are changed, so our perspective changes and prayer becomes a part of all we do. These times are important as we anchor and as we spend time with God, but they, they radically shift the entire day. So if we come to God in this form of prayer in the mornings and spend time with him, we find that for the rest of the day we see God at work. And our minds are focused on the things of God. We come to understand, we come to live out the words of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5 where he encourages, Rejoice always, pray continually, 
give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. I used to be so confused. What does that actually mean? Well, it makes far more sense when we start to live our lives for Jesus, when we start to see him in everything because of the times we've spent to be with him, as we're transformed to be like him and as we see the world the way that he does. Pete says these words again. He says, the more we see Christ in prayer, the more we see him everywhere we go and in everyone we meet. The whole of life becomes an invitation to worship I think one of the the greatest examples of this is seen in the life of Mother Teresa, of whom you would know well. She's famous, of course, for the work that she's done with the poorest of the poor. And in 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 her speech when she received, uh, in her noble lecture, she says and shared these words, We may be doing social work in the eyes of people, but we are really contemplatives in the heart of the world. We are touching the body of Christ 24 hours. We have 24 hours in his presence. To this day, her order, the missionaries of charity, serve the poorest of the poor. And their motive is not social work, but worship. They have learned to see the beauty of Jesus in the darkest of places and in the faces of the most poor, and to serve him in everyone they meet. So often, in regards to this theme, people think, well, this type of prayer means locking ourselves away from the world. No, in actual fact, as we come and spend time with God, it sends us out into the world and to live our lives for him, to be his hands and his feet in everything that we do. You see, this form of prayer is a gift and it's a challenge because we often don't begin here. We often start with our needs of our own or for the needs of others. Yet this encouragement of Jesus Christ is to see God's kingdom come, to see his will be done and to see heaven come, heaven come to earth for us to know his presence Appreciate and to know this privilege of sitting and, and being with him. And as I share these words, I know it's a challenge. I don't have time, you might say. Life is so busy. I'm not good at this. I've got so many things going on. Well then, all it means is we need it all the more. And in this season of COVID, it seems it has taken so much So many opportunities seem to be closed to us. We can be frustrated frustrated by this, but this season also brings an opportunity. And more than ever, we have been given the opportunity to come to our God in prayer. No law will keep that from us. No season, no disease will separate God from us. In this time, more than ever, we have this privilege to come in prayer. So the invitation stands to come and to spend time with God, simply to be with him, for no other purpose, to come and to be still and to enjoy his presence.
And as we do, you will find it will transform you. It will transform your life. It will transform your being. It will transform your seeing. You will become more like Christ as you simply sit with him. And you will live your life for Christ and with Christ in the everyday parts of your life as you do so. Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you for who you are. We thank you again for your word. We thank you that we can come in prayer like this. We can come boldly to you, Lord, knowing that you hear us. Yet if we're to be honest, we often come, Lord, with our own agendas. We come seeking things for our own desires, with our wish lists, with the lists of others. And these aren't wrong in and of themselves, Lord. You actually encourage us to do these things, but there's so much more. You have so much more for us. And you desire to be with us. And you invite us to come and to sit and to be with you. So we thank you that we have this privilege of coming to just sit in your presence. So Father, in this time, may you move us to come and to be with you. May you grow in us a desire, Father, to just sit and to enjoy you. And in the busyness of our lives, Lord, we find this hard. As we sit and try to be still, our mind is flooded with all the things that need to be done and all the worries of the world. Even so, you call us to be still. So, Lord, we pray that we will do so. That in the midst of the struggle, Father, that you will bring peace to our hearts and to our minds. You will help us in the struggle so that we can find ourselves fully aware that you are with us, that we are with you. There's no other and more precious place to be. And so in this time also, Father, I pray for an extra measure of your peace and of your presence for every person praying and hearing this right now. As we come to you even now, right now in this place, Father, we come knowing you hear us and that you are with us. Wherever we sit, wherever we may be, you are with us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be very aware of your presence right now. We thank you. We thank you for this privilege. Enable us, we ask and pray, to develop this pattern in our lives, to set aside a time to simply be with you, Father. We thank you by doing so, that you transform us to be more like you. We don't need to strive I need to work harder. You call us simply to enjoy you. We thank you. We give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to invite Mark and Nolene. I paused. Mark and Nolene to come up. And to conclude with a, a beautiful song, probably the, the verse...